Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, everybody, wherever you are in the world. Welcome in and welcome to another episode of the Buddhist Biohacker. You guys were at episode 230, which is crazy. And it's December 1st and we're headed into a solar eclipse and all sorts of wild astrological energy. So fasten your seatbelts because we haven't even got to the intensity of the last two years and the beginning of the shift. So welcome in. I can see your comments already in here. So welcome Tamara. I'm so happy to see you here. I haven't seen you in a while. She's very excited. And Marilyn, happy to see you too. You're finally in here from Laguna, California. Wherever you guys are from, share. I'd love to hear too how you're feeling out there energetically. I know uh, in discussions today, there's been a lot of unearthing of family lineage stuff during this eclipse time. So I'd love to hear about that. And enough of all of that. So welcome into the show today. We have a very special guest. I'm really excited to dive in with her. Her name is Jessica Ann, and she's just awesome. She has an incredible website and our dear sister in the community, Carolina, is who introduced me to her. And she is an award-winning serial entrepreneur, and she has incredible training. She has a mystery school. Um, what I'm most excited about, too, is her connection of spirituality and entrepreneurship. We're going to dive into all that. So welcome, Jessica. I'm so happy to have you. So, so excited to be here and absolutely love what you're creating with this space and bringing together all of the pieces. It's so, feel so alive to be here. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. And and hi, Jody from Lincoln, Nebraska. We got people from everywhere. I'm hoping some of our New Zealanders will be on because it's kind of that time for you guys. Otherwise, we're usually in the morning, Jessica, and everybody's asleep in Australia in the morning. So they might be on at night. But anyways, so I start my favorite question that I always start with with everyone is, who are you today? Who am I today? Yeah. I love the fact that you just let in with this question. Um, that's, who am I today? Well, I almost feel like I need to pre-frame that, you know, from a tropical astrology perspective, I'm a Gemini, uh, sun. So who I am probably changes quite a lot in terms of like how mercurial I can be. And I think for me to summarize who I am today, the first answer that came to my mind was like a, a sum and an amalgamation of all of the things that have come before that. Hmm. So I think, you know, the death and the rebirth process and the willingness to, to follow the threads of what that has meant has ultimately led me to this point of who I am now. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I want to ask you, so you know, we're, I want to get into your work and what you're doing, but I also want to hear a little bit about your own spiritual journey and your own awakening and, and you know, how you got to this place in, in your spiritual work. Because to me, just looking at your website, and it's funny because we were just talking about this before we went live about websites, but when I look at your website, it's so clear to me the the depth of the inner work that you've done and the presence of who you are, just seeing your logo, just seeing the energy of who you are. And so I just really would love to hear anything you're willing to share about your spiritual journey and about what brought you to this space. Beautiful. 
So, um, and I love the fact that you've done your research. I want to praise you and honor you for that because it goes to show your commitment to this work, which is, is huge because it's not necessarily a given. So I love that you've taken the time to feel into the energy. Um, for me, like my spiritual journey has been a really interesting one because and this is why i love the idea of, of the merging and the meeting of worlds and i feel that that's so much part of the medicine that i'm here to bring for people is this idea of how can we begin to understand that two seemingly opposing ends of the spectrum are actually quite interlinked and it is ultimately dance together mm. and that i think you know my human design i'm a three five so it's this you know trials and initiation and then to go on to teach and impart to others and when I think about how I came to this point in my being it, it was this idea of an immersion into spirituality and a rejection of spirituality to only find myself being pulled back in I grew up my dad went through an awakening when I was about nine he injured his back discovered yoga you know it was interesting because here in Australia back then yoga was not a thing like you used to have to go to this like backwater hall in the middle of nowhere and it was him with a, a bunch of other 45 to 50 year old women and it was like you know and, and older so it was very very niche mm. um and he used to drag me along to, to sessions and I would sit up the back reading my book, kind of like sussing everybody out. But slowly but surely, my dad was kind of the person that was the first one to start to introduce me to this sort of thing. So he taught me about chakra systems and the I Ching. And so this kind of language and exposure to things was something that I had as a child. And being someone that was very cerebral and liked to understand and intellectualize things, got into high school and it was kind of like, okay, I'm a scientist now. <laughs> and it was like, you know, evidence-based practice. And it was like, then my spirituality came kind of like a part of me that I would almost be a tourist in. It's just like, I get this language, I have this knowing, however, I cannot reconcile it with this part of me that essentially is, is a scientist. And what I found was the further I went along my path, the more I began to notice the melding of the two and how ultimately it, it is the dance and how much of science has actually begun to prove so much around what spirituality was saying centuries, if not millennia before. Like, you know, Ayurveda is a perfect example of that. Mm. So for me, it was really beginning to understand what reconciling these two highly intellectual cerebral parts of myself and then this you know deeper body knowing um of you know lineage and heritage and all those pieces and the spiritual component of that uh was was really the, the medicine that i had to first administer to myself so i think the the big thing when it came to a head for me was um when i lost my late husband in 2018 the beginning um, of 2018 he died at 36 to pancreatic cancer mm. and and our journey with his diagnosis it my connection to spirit was inescapable it was this idea of like you know something that had been something that i would was mainly for self suddenly just started to become so much more interwoven in the work that i was doing with others as well and including him so that for me was where this work was become so critical it was no longer a choice it was like this is this is the path <sighs> you're activating like every cell in my body because 
um, I had no idea how similar we would be with things in the sense that I also um, really went on this journey of understanding the science behind the spirituality, just like you're talking about. It was like, you know, I here I was seeing dead people when I was a kid, but I couldn't explain that, right? And and I wanted to explain it. Like you're saying, you there it's like a there's no way to have one without the other almost. Absolutely. And I think that the way that I often refer to that when I'm teaching is this idea of the mystery and the mastery. It's this idea of like mastery can all absolutely refer to the like the concepts of high magic and how we we um, initially initiate things through will. And I also believe uh, science is a testament to mastery. It's this idea of us being able to begin to unravel and inspect the fibers of reality through our five senses. And as the mastery goes and as we begin to understand a lot more around the fabric of what creates reality, what it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily gives us more and give us more answers. What it does is create more questions. Mm -hmm. And for me, the mystery, which is where our spiritual connection and all of those pieces of the knowing beyond the five senses, of course, it's that, you know, other 80% of the picture. So yeah, you're right. They cannot exist without each other. Mm hmm. Well, and it's the path to each other. I mean, it sounds like it was for you, and I know it was for me, was the path to understanding what became the path. And mm -hmm. and what I'm hearing is that's the same for you. Like the understanding of it has become the path and led you back. It leads us back. And, and isn't that what's happening now? I mean, collectively. Yeah, that question just gave me goosebumps. You're so <laughs> right. It's... It is. It's almost like that collective initiation into how these worlds actually meet. Yeah, I can 100% see that on a collective mm -hmm. level as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, what you feel, because obviously you you work, I mean, it's obvious to me that you work a lot with the divine feminine and and there's there's all sorts of goddesses from the dark ones to the fluffy ones. And there are all sorts in between. And, and here we are moving from this time and we've all been talking about it for years and years, right? As we're moving from the patriarchal to the matriarchal, we're moving into this age of Aquarius. It's all about the feminine energy. And I'd love to hear what are your thoughts on that right now? Like, what are your thoughts about the divine feminine feminine energy in general, where it stands, where we're headed. It's interesting when we think about the cosmic pendulum as a, as a symbol of, of the sort of undulation of what it is to exist in, in a 3D reality. It's this idea of we're consistently navigating the, the swing from one end of the spectrum to the other. And if we really go back to, to ancient times, it's this idea that, you know, the feminine was something that was was worshipped. It was integrated into society. And, you know, I would love to really be able to dig deeper into that. Like so if I get a fix on something, I, I go deep. So therefore there's this bookmark of many things that I will go back to in terms of being able to research more heavily. But my suspicion is that there would have been matriarchal societies long before the patriarchy. So I think there's like this natural order and balance of where we pendulate from one to the other. 
And I think what would be really amazing to see is if we can learn through what has occurred in the past and the history of where we have been, some of the things that we get to improve in the future. It's this idea of, um, how do I put it? I'm also being sensitive to the fact that I also trust that everything is required. Like I, ideally, I would love to see a society where we have integration. It's this idea of the tantrika. It's like, how can the masculine and the feminine work together? And because ultimately the defined feminine is the expression of the two ultimately reaching union and harmony. So if each of us are able to create some sense of that within ourselves, like it's inevitable that on a societal level that will ripple out. So rather than this massive pendulum swing where we essentially recreate the exact same problems that we've had in the past, mm-hmm. but just on the other end of the spectrum, so what would it look like for us to cultivate this, this harmony? Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder too, so now going back to what you were talking about science and spirituality, right? And, and a lot of your work is combining this entrepreneurial, the business woman or, or man um, with spirituality. And so I'm curious, what I want to say is, it seems to me with what you just said, I agree, which is we have to do things differently. We can't go back to how it was before. It's like this age of bringing in the the technology and and this galactic information um, and also the natural feminine earth energies. And here you're doing that, really. Bringing business and spirituality together is that. I mean, it is this, this idea of, so why did you do it? Like, what, what is it that drew you to saying, wow, I've got to bring these together and, and work with people in this way. I'm, I'd love to hear. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things where I have a really, really dorky sense of humor. So I'm like checking myself before I say like (laughs) stuff that I think is funny and I'm like, well, yeah, anyway, so. Well, you can have that in here. Trust me. We have all sorts of weird things that we like to say and do in here. So we've got a sense of humor. (laughs) I I think the person that laughs most at my jokes is me. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) in that respect, like for me, like I feel that this path really chose me. If I'm to be brutally honest, it was this point Mm -hmm. of I came from, you know, there was a period in my life where I was, was steeped in the corporate world. I, you know, I worked in sales. It was the idea of, you know, ladder climbing and it was this very, um, I guess, you know, patriarchal kind of structure. It was this idea of, you know, um, achievement-based business. It was this idea of, you know, KPIs and structure and, you know, how you sell and sell effectively and all of these pieces. And even in retrospect, I feel quite fortunate because, some of the cultural ideologies in the companies that I work for were more people centric. So they at least had amalgamated that into what they were offering. However, it was still very much this idea of uh, getting ahead and ladder climbing. So having come from that space had been quite successful in that space and feeling how burnt out I got as a result of being in that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then went on to start, you know, into my bio serial entrepreneur. I went and started my own business, applied essentially the same model, 
got to a point where I achieved what I thought I had wanted and realized that it was really null and void that it had come from this space of, again, this idea of once I achieve whatever it is and then I will be, you know, happier, um, you know, more fulfilled, all of these pieces. So for me, it was this idea of like, well, if this isn't the answer, and this is the thing that I've been taught is the answer for so long, where, where can I find what, what's true for me? So I basically kind of ditched business for a while. I was like, you know, I've had enough of that. Like I've done that twice, like, but let's not do that again. And I swung really into the embodiment space. You know, I did the pendulum swing. It's this idea of like, how much more can I be in my body? How much more can I, you know, listen to my inner knowing, my intuition and all of these pieces? And it was through that work that when I was working with clients, and I remember distinctly the first client that actually said it to me too, he goes, it's so interesting that everything we do somehow benefits my business. Hmm. And he first started calling, he was the first person to start calling me his business coach. And it used to trigger me. Like I would be like, I'm not a business coach. We're doing energy work. Like this is embodiment stuff. Like it's not, it's not business because of all my wounding that I'd yet to address around what, what business meant. Cause I had my, my map of what business was in my body. Mm-hmm. So much to my surprise, cause the way that I run my business it is shamanically. I, you know, I channel, I work through what's wanting to come through, what's alive, what's what I'm in service to. The way I see it is I work for my business. And what came through really strongly was that this was the path. It's like the idea of you are here to support people to integrate the worlds of spirituality and business so that they, you know, three, five line again, don't have to, or if they have done the burnout, the extreme, you know, um, spiral dynamics, that level five expansion idea through the current frame that we have that for. It's like, you know, you can begin to teach people how to actually work with the current of what's alive, work with their body, work with, you know, the magic to actually birth things that are nourishing on their system rather than, yeah, essentially steamrolling themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's so timely because it's so like, that's been the theme of the week. I feel like in every conversation I've had is, is how difficult it is to be in our body, how difficult it is to manage finances, how difficult it is for us to manage through these linear pieces, because so much of us want to be in the ethereal. It's so much more fun to be in a shamanic journey (laughs) than it is to do your accounting. And, um, and so how do we bring those together? And I know you touched on that, but if there's anything you want to go deeper with, I mean, it just, it really is this call. I feel like we're all being invited to get in our bodies and to be here on this planet right now. And it is not, I feel like a lot of us are kicking and screaming to do it because we don't want to. And I think you're you're so right. It's two ends of the spectrum. People are wanting to fly off into the ether, like you say, you know, shamanic journeys and, and, you know, plant medicines and this gamut of things that are essentially, you know, um, consciousness accelerators um, from the sense of ascending. Uh, And then you also have people that are so terrified to be in their bodies because it feels so much safer to be in their heads because that has been the pattern and the path and that's what's been safe. 
So this idea of actually being able to come back to the body, which also is so steeped in the unconscious, it's like, you know, suddenly I'm confronting all of these pieces and parts of myself that I, I've left behind. So I get it's like this ultimate, it is shadow work like we were talking about before we jumped on. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is actually beginning to see if you're someone that is a seeker, if you're someone that is seeking to experience more of themselves, you know, not just physically, mentally and emotionally, but spiritually, all of it. It's this idea of actually beginning to understand that when you said about um, rather do a shamanic journey, there's a crow <laughs> that's just landed on my window. So I was just like, that's oh. interesting. Um, so rather do a shamanic journey than do their accounting. Like for me, accounting is a shamanic journey. Mm. Like how you viscerally respond to seeing the numbers moving in and out of your business in and of itself is a deeply, if you allow it to be a deeply empowering experience because you begin to see where you're not currently being responsible. Like, and when I say responsible, having the ability to respond in mm -hmm. your life and where you haven't taken ownership and all of the worthiness stories and all the pieces that mm -hmm. are sitting at the bottom of your gut. It's just like, wow, like, you know, these are the pieces that are actually reflected in quite, you know, mundane things, if you allow it to be. Yeah, that's amazing. We were just talking yesterday, I was in a little circle of women and we were talking about what we value and that a lot of us are having difficulty valuing money because of of what it represents because of the system of fiat currency. Like what do we, what do we even believe about it? Right. And so we were talking about that and what you're saying about the numbers, you know, going in and out of your business really activates me because yesterday, one of the things we realized was, are we spending our money on what we truly value? Mm. Do we value ourselves enough to receive what we value? And do we even know what we value? Like, those are big questions. Like you're saying, that's like a self-inquiry prompt that, I mean, it has me thinking. It is. And again, that's where these things so, like, I, I almost, you know, and my clients say the same thing. It's like, it's, it's impossible to see these things coexisting once they do. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just that sheer idea of like, you know, being able to come back to self, come back to the body, come back into that space of actually calibrating back to what our true north to be is because otherwise we're valuing what we've been taught to value, not what we truly value. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I'm going to get the bigger, tar bigger TV, the faster car, all of those things, mm -hmm. as opposed to what is actually truly on my heart that I desire for myself mm -hmm. which so, you yeah, can't answer unless you're in your heart right like Usually. you're saying with that embodiment practice which i want to dive into i want to share we got some really great comments and thank you everybody who's jumping in here um so we have michelle from ohio we have um denise i know that's you from wisconsin so thank you 
Um, Shannon just had some great comments. She said, we've been trained all our lives to sever connections to anything uh, but matter, what we see or touch. Knowing stays whether we acknowledge it or deny um, it. That's how we are in alignment, which is so true. And she goes on to say, the magic happens when the physical still energy accepts the ethereal still energy. We are the tech, which I love so much. And a shout out to PJ who always shares tacos. And we just don't know who PJ is, Jessica, but she's always giving us tacos. So I love it so much. But that's, um, you know, she, you know, I love what Shannon's sharing about, you know, it, it, the physical and the ethereal are both energy and accepting and, and embracing and allowing those to come together is huge. Oh, absolutely. That's why ultimately when I attempt to describe my work, I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm still perfect at it. Uh, it's very much more of an experience. However, when I attempt to describe my work, I'm, mostly I put everything that I do under the banner of energetics because to me everything is energy. You mm -hmm. know, spirit and the ether is obviously the lightest form of energy and then as we move into the physical, it's, it's more dense, it's more slow moving but ultimately it's all energy so regardless of what plane of reality we're influencing ourselves on we're working with energy mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah absolutely i love that beautiful so talk about embodiment a little bit for folks that maybe aren't sure what we're talking about <laughs> it's it's interesting if you actually break down the word embodiment in and of itself like the actual structure of the word M to be in and B to be body. So in your body embodiment. And the way that I speak to embodiment in terms of the way that I apply it in my life, it's really this sense of how present can you be to what's, what's actually playing out for you on a, in a visceral level, like how, how much connection do you have to the basic things that are occurring like as i just spoke then i could see like i felt like my right toes kind of curl under mm. and it's like you know that wasn't a conscious response i didn't decide to do that however i noticed that and this is like ah interesting so it's just beginning to understand and cultivate relationship ritual practice with with coming back into the body and having communication to your body because like, was it Shannon that spoke that shared the comment about the ethereal? Yes. Yeah. So the, the body ultimately is also one of the most sophisticated instruments that we, we have. The body is sensing and perceiving so much more than we could consciously ever really be able to fully comprehend because the mind is like the ultimate energy saving device. We delete, distort and generalize all the time, all of these data bits of information that we're consistently receiving. So by being able to come back into the body, whether or not that's through breath work, whether or not that's through, you know, embodied dance, whether or not that's through self-pleasure ritual, whatever that form that takes, it's really about being able to, to tune your own instrument, to understand when things are striking a chord and when things are creating discord in the body. I love that tuning your instrument because that's what it is. I love that so much. Mm. yeah for me I, music is how like i feel like music is almost a universal language mm -hmm. and that's you know transcends space time and it can really accurately and, and language and it can really accurately transport you to a specific place vibration emotion 
you know, whoever the, um, the artist was that created the music. So I just feel that there's so many metaphors for, for how the, the structure of the universe is that can actually be found in musicality. Like even the chakra system, if you think about the core notes of, you know, music, the form of music, like, you know, it's understanding that each of the chakras has their unique note to play within the symphony of our body. Hmm. Yeah. What, what is your, like, what's a go-to practice for you that keeps you in your body? Like what's something that is a tool that you go back to over and over again? So it's interesting because the, the depth and the level of that varies. It's like, obviously if we're going through a really big process and things in life are feeling super hectic then there's going to be something really quite heavy duty that I pull out. It's like, all right, cool. We're, we're doing the thing here. Uh, but on a really simple practical level and, and really even those deeper processes that I speak to, if we were to really, you know, pull apart the fabric and actually look what the, the underpinning is, it always comes back to the five tantric pathways for me. It's just like in terms of being able to, to get these pieces to communicate with each other and synergize with each other. So five tantric pathways, breath, sound, movement, touch, and awareness. Hmm. So like any practice, regardless of how big or small, it's always for me looking to weave the threads of those five together. So like even as we were being ready to, like getting ready to jump on, I was using the five tantric pathways, like, you know, bringing my touch in, bringing my breath, my awareness, sound. It's those for me are the magic and you can do those anywhere and the deeper you journey into that the more you uh, consciously evoke of each of those things the deeper you go mm -hmm. mm. let's talk about touch for a minute you know that was for me um it was probably i know i wrote about it in my book it was probably the very first thing that i wrote about because it was so profound which was touching my own body and recognizing what had happened to it. <laughs> and, and I still go back to that practice. Like even now, like when I go into a breath practice or meditation and just sit and put my hands on my body and say, okay, what is going on here? Because we're often not in it, you know? Mm. And so I think touch and being able to feel our, you know, feel touch from others and also to touch ourselves is so important. And I'd love to get your thoughts on touch, especially right now. when it's, I mean, obviously to go out and hug and, and do things we normally do has been challenging in certain places and circles and life right now. Touch is such an interesting one. Um, did you see the document documentary with Gabriel Mate, The uh, Wisdom of Trauma? Mm -mm. No, really, I'm really. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I, I found it a very beautiful and succinct way to bring a lot of pieces together. And I'm not sure if it was in The Wisdom of Trauma, but I have heard, heard Gabriel Mate speak to it. That essentially, if a baby isn't given touch, it will die. So it's understanding that as a human being in a physical body, touch is not optional, it's required. So, and if you think back to your childlike self and the needs of your, yourself as a child, like if you were in distress, 
you you wanted to be touched you wanted to be held you wanted to be able to feel safe and at its core touch is this for me is is the recognition it's it's safety mm. and this is why i feel that as a modality and as a practice of connecting with ourselves that touch piece it's almost like an acknowledgement of i see you you i'm here and you're safe yeah yeah i agree and <coughs> excuse me <coughs> i think <clears throat> there's a fear i know i had it of touching yourself there was a fear of putting my hands on my stomach and knowing what's inside of there mm. <coughs> excuse me sorry guys <clears throat> some water i'm in colorado it's so dry here always dry it's like very dry here vata season over here um when you work with a client what are some of the first things that you do with somebody i mean where do you where do you begin the journey with someone it's super individualized admittingly and if i'm working i'm just going to speak more from the business business perspective for, for this because I, I essentially wear two hats. Are you okay? <laughs> I am. Something's going on. Who knows? We'll let it do its thing. <laughs> I'll mute myself, but I think I'm all right. <laughs> just felt like felt a bit bad just continuing to speak while you're quite clearly having a coughing fit. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's I think it's more like spirit wants to talk and they have to just chill out. <laughs> So, but we'll see. Thank you. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I felt that I was thinking, yeah, I feel like this might be something more, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so because I sort of wear two hats, like I, I train people, I train people to understand energy, to work with energy. I have my own modality. And then I also uh, do intuitive, well, I guess it's intuitive business coaching. So it's this idea of the melding of the world of entrepreneurship and spirituality. So for me, it's really, I communicate with people's businesses, I aspect with their business, and it's very much about how can I be of most service to the person in front of me right now. I have a, a map that I was gifted, again, from spirit, that is essentially, I call it like the human design for business. Hmm. So I'm actually able to energetically map out where people are expanded and where they're blocked. So it's like, okay, these sections of your business are flowing. These parts are actually less open than what you realize. And then it's just like, okay, systematically moving through, you know, whatever it is, whether or not this is actually a, a systemic, systemic strategic block or whether or not it's actually, you know, something more that's being reflected from your own nervous system playing out in your business. So that's, I guess, more of the starting point. If I'm working with someone in their business, it's like, okay, cool. What's alive here? What's resonant? And also often it is, it's the, the shadow of where are they currently not seeing themselves or what's actually playing out in their business? Because usually people will come with me for to me for something specific. They'll be like, okay, this is what I'm wanting. Let, let's do the thing. It's like, okay, cool. And like, what, what's here? What's preventing it? What's in allowing it? And that'll be, be the journey of uh, unraveling all of that. What have you noticed is like the biggest challenge? You know, just what's, what's, the, what's the challenge trend in the last couple of years with all the changes and just curious. 
if it's the same or if it's always been the same kind of challenge or if something's shifting or I don't know what I'm asking, but I think, you know, <laughs> trust. I love it. And like, you know, for, for my mind and the way that I work, like it is like, I'm always seeking patterns, 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 patterns. It's just like, okay, where, where are things, you know, that's the science is coming back. Like what's the trend here? Uh, so, and it's interesting have you have you read any of um, John Beck and Claire Graves' work, Spiral Dynamics? No, oh my gosh, like, all sorts of fun things to learn about here. Okay, <laughs> for me that is kind of like a framework that I take everywhere. It's just kind of like, oh, cool, we've we've got this here now, and it's just like it's a lens that if you are able to understand uh, human behavior from that that perspective, it, it becomes so clear why people value certain things. So that's kind of where I feel like there's almost like a two-tiered answer because I will work with people that are really looking to, to start to actually begin to scale what they're offering and I'll work with people that are very well established and they're looking to expand into something different or to uh, look to enhance certain components of their business. So I think the biggest trend that I notice with people that are looking to start is this idea that I have, I'm somehow not ready. Hmm this idea of I'm somehow not ready and I'm going to play this out through my story of my worth or I'm going to play it out with my story of requiring more skills. It's That sort of tends to be one of the biggest blocks when people are first looking to start a business and actually get serious about it. And when people have achieved a level of success and they're actually looking to, to take it to that next level, often what the biggest block is is the death of who they perceive themselves to be as a success. Mm -hmm. so inevitably there's still kind of a death process it's the death of who i perceive myself to be to step into that next version however the flavor of that is slightly different which is where i find the spiral dynamics lens really beautiful because it'll speak to the idea that as human consciousness evolves and expands the way that we perceive and the things that we value in our environment shifts mm -hmm. so that's where that flavor or like that flavor changes Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I just so um, for the every month I channel a transmission and this particular transmission, it just came out today for December. Um, one of the things I asked about was the mandates that are going on around us. We won't use any V words today, but that's what I asked about. And what was interesting is the response from the sacred council that I channel said um, is really awesome was whether or not the mandates continue isn't the question. It's why does it even matter? And what they said after that was so profound and it's speaking to what you're saying, which is they said, we, we fear thriving, doing something we love. We think we can't do it. We think we cannot thrive doing what we love. And so when you're yeah. talking about people not being ready, I know that's interlinked. And I'd love to hear what you think about that because I thought, wow, that's there is this this fear, whether we however we label it to step into something that's really what we're here to do. And I think that there's almost a degree of initiation into that as well. Like when mm -hmm. I first because as, as you picked up on, a lot of the work that I do is with the divine feminine. 
and I remember when the words first left my mouth and it's like it's almost comical now if I was to sort of put it on a TV screen and watch it play out, I would be just like, well, strap yourself in, girl, you've said it now. Um, it's almost like I feel like there's a rites of passage in terms of us actually owning it. And I don't know, it almost feels like it's kind of the cosmic joke of the human condition. This experience of powerlessness to actually realize that we were already powerful. So I think that, you know, that idea of I am unable to make money or thrive doing what I love, it, it's almost like a, such a perfect example of that cosmic joke of the human condition, this idea that, you know, we are in fact, you know, divine beings in a human form. However, we've incarnated to experience what it is to be in a flesh suit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love that. That's such a, and such a potent thing. You're right. It's like, it's not so much about why it matters. It's like, yeah, it's about love. It is all of it. Mm -hmm. Love. It is. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's this, I always, it makes me think, I mean, I, I forget it myself, you know, I'm no better than anybody else. You know, we, we have our hard days and, days were like, why are we even doing this? And why did I come here? And, <laughs> and then I have other days where I'm like, I'm coming back every time. I don't care, you know? Um, so you go through all the ups and downs, but you know, I always go back to this one analogy that I loved so much, which is, you know, if God's source is wanting to paint, the only way that God's source can do that is through us, you know? And so if, if God's asking you, Hey, can you go paint for me? Because I really want to experience that. Like you wouldn't say no. And I love that analogy because whenever I get down or frustrated about anything, I think, Oh, you know, this is, this is this particular expression of God's source is happening. If, if we don't say yes, to like what you said, what you're initiated into. If you don't say yes to it, then you're not able to express it. And, and God itself is not able to express it, which I think is really, that puts it into perspective always. But it's hard when you're in the weeds to, to get to that space. You have to really pull yourself out. I think that's so much the power of having community and, and people that you know will call you forward. You know, coming back mm -hmm. to what we were saying before about, you know, even just like touch, it's that idea of community. Like what's the worst punishment you have in prison at solitary confinement? It's this idea that mm -hmm. even in apparently one of the worst places you can be in it, like, you know, it's even worse to be there on your own. So, you know, that ability to be able to call on this perspective of others to help you navigate back to your own higher perspective, I think that can't be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I just heard that makes me think of something else. I just heard. I love, don't you love how there's like all these synchronicities throughout the days and, and weeks where it's like, Oh, okay. I get it. Cause I've heard this like six different ways this week, but I just heard a teaching from an Ayurveda teacher saying our cells are community. You know, our mm -hmm. body is a community of cells. We have to have that community just like you're saying in order to even thrive and connect and create usually and it's, it's so much like the holarchy as like I love that term like Ken Wilber um, refers to it quite a lot and it's this idea that you know no one structure is superior to another because without the components of the smaller thing that wouldn't exist 
Mm. This mm -hmm. is like, you know, this, you know, stacking that it kind of occurs and naturally understanding that that expansion is part of what we're here to experience. You know, expansion of experience of self through others and in community and in collective. Mm -hmm. And who are we in that? Because that's why I love the question you asked at the beginning, because it's like, who am I now? It's just like, well, who am I now speaking to you versus who am I when you chuck me in a room of 50 people? Probably the socially awkward one standing in the corner <laughs> occasionally. It's just, yeah, it's uh, it, it's such a such a beautiful thing that we get to experience so many facets of self. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm hmm Yeah, I was just laying with my little kitty um, yesterday. I was laying down and, and just had this like, you know, you get those moments of presence that are just little droplets of your day. But I was laying with her thinking exactly that. Like, what a what an amazing gift to even be able to to pet a kitty or to feel the fur or to be in in this particular moment where we can express affection. And and, you know, those are the little nugget moments to hold on to in the midst of all the other things we have to do in our world. It's interesting that and like so much it gets to be both you know it's those moments of you know uh intimacy and and pure presence with you know that's something that's so close you know and also the fact that you and i are communicating from opposite ends of the globe mm -hmm. this is like it gets to be that it gets to be something so close and so tangible and something that's so ethereal and abstract and mm -hmm. yeah like i mean because i'm sure we're probably communicating in other planes other than this one right now <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm feeling that telepathic. It's hard for me to stay focused because I'm like, oh, there's like a whole other thing going on this whole conversation. We're having about three at once. Yes, but you're so right. And 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 that's what's so profound about this time. You know, um, I, I, I'll never say this enough times. Like I've said it so many times, but, you know, I always go back to the Dalai Lama. He, he was absolutely my guru and I followed him for seven years and I remember that moment where I understood that if the Chinese government had not come and overtaken his home and pushed him out into the world, we wouldn't have his teachings and his books and his talks and initiations and all these things. And it's the same thing you're talking about right now. Like we wouldn't even know each other. Like if we didn't have this time of closed down or whatever we want to call it. It's been the opposite of that. It's been like, wow, like all of a sudden we're all expanding far beyond location. You know, it's like an incredible thing. It's like, of course, this is meant to happen. Like this is the gift of the whole thing. Mm, Being able to that. meet you, right? We, we To meet someone I never even would have known about through a person who lives in Finland <laughs> that I never would have known about. I mean, this is what's so incredible, isn't it? It's like, you know, all of these connections, it is this, it is, I've heard this time called the great gathering. And I love that so much because that's really what it is. It's like this gathering of all of us coming together and finding each other and reconnecting. And I love it. It's going to be so interesting with the nodal shift at the beginning of next year, because obviously we're moving into the Taurus Scorpio axis and you know obviously the Taurus you know the relationship to the body and all of those pieces 
in the Aquarian age. Like I am so fascinated to see what plays out over that 18 month window. I already sort of really tune into this real Venusian Renaissance type energy that's, mm. that's working through that space. And it excites me incredibly because, you know, we, we are equipped with tools unlike anything that we have throughout documented history. So, you know, what happens when the body meets, meets the quantum? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm so with you. I, and, and we've talked a lot about quantum femininity in here, this, this far reaching infinite energy. And I'm with you. I, I, I feel like, and here in the United States, we are going into our Pluto return, which is very intense for our country, but I'm, I'm excited because I feel like it, it's such a time to, it goes far beyond, oh, you create your reality. Like it really is up to us to create our systems and the way that we live and, and who we want to be around and what we want to create in the world. And so I'm with you. I'm very excited about I was excited when we went into quarantine. I knew this was it. Like I tell everyone it was morbid because it was so, it was like my wedding day. I mean, it was so, it was like everyone's panicked and stressed. And I was standing in the grocery store looking around going, oh my God, the awakening is here. I mean, I felt like I'd been here waiting my entire life for this time. And, and so it was kind of this strange, bizarre in the midst of all this panic and stress, I felt like this was it. Um, and, and it is it, it's the time for us to, we're being invited to create now. And I think that's really exciting. So I'm with you. I'm excited to see, you know, we've, we've kind of been through this dark night of the soul collectively. And I feel like now it's time to start coming through that out to the other side and, and seeing where it takes us. Mm, absolutely. It's, um, I love the fact you refer to that, that experience of the polarity in the grocery store. And it's ultimately also, I think, and this is an idea that I, I've been playing with more and more is the idea of how multiple realities exist at once and we're all exactly where we're meant to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that perception, you know, your perception and your capacity to see beyond what's immediately in front of you. And yet, you know, much like your experience of, of being so present with your cats, like, you know, people are being very present with the chaos and the destruction and that's, that's mm. their experience for the now. And I feel like it's all required. And, you know, even though it's, it's a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of, um, you know, like I'm not oblivious to that. Some of the things that are going on in my country, like, you know, I, I've, I've wept, I've seen things that have really challenged me on a very human level. And at the same time, I'm also able to hover above enough to see the potential ripples and like what you were saying, the experience you had of, of being able to see what's possible and what's what the potential out of this is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, it's like this time, and, and it's interesting too, because it, it goes back to death. You know, you mm -hmm. lost someone who was your love. And um, my work has been as a medium for years, working with grief and death before I even understood that myself and had my own experience of loss. I was in that space. And the thing about death is it's so beautiful. Mm. If you allow it to be, it's so 
beautiful and potent and wonderful. And in fact, Carolina and I were just laughing yesterday because we're like, we both have had near death experiences. And so we're like, we know there's nothing to be afraid of on the other side. And, and yet there's so much fear. And so it's all about transmuting the fear and, and moving, like pushing past the fear almost, you know, that's the warrior energy is like seeing the the grief and the loss and the sadness and acknowledging it and persevering beyond it mm. that's that's the the call to action i feel right now absolutely because it can become very very intoxicating for one of a better way of putting it to really sit in that pit of of despair and of loss and all of those those pieces and sometimes you know the journey out is through that idea of you know how much can I actually allow myself to collapse into this so I actually come out the bottom of it and are actually able to, to move forward uh yeah and I think that that's I almost see that we're kind of sitting on that like almost like a seesaw kind of as a collective in terms of what direction we take uh around you know what the collective experience of of this time will be you know at least in the next you know 200 years yeah yeah. Well, hopefully there's enough biohacking around that we can, we'll be here in another 200 years. I, I've seen the lives elongate. I, I've seen more like 130s for everyone. So hopefully we'll be able to see a lot of this without having to go through the process of forgetting and remembering all over again to see what happens in the end. I'm like, I got to live long enough to see some of these things manifest, but Anyways, mm. I would love to hear what is next for you. Like when you think of your work and what you're doing, like what what are you looking ahead at or what's what's coming up for you that's next? What I'm looking ahead at is how can, you know, it, it, and it is, it's very much both. Like, you know, that's the biggest thing with me and that's why like I'm consistently looking at things from multiple perspectives and, you know, and then waiting for the spirit essentially to move me in the direction that's most required because, you know, I'm working with people at the very beginning of their journey right now, like people that, you know, beginning to understand what it is to connect with their breath, you know, um, people that are, you know, open-minded enough to understand that there, there is more and they want to be exposed to it. And on the other hand, I'm also teaching people, you know, about magic and, and shamanic practices and you know going deep into those spaces so for me I think it's you know expanding how I can be of most service to people in terms of what people would require from me so I've got a certification that I'm running that's the training that I spoke to around teaching people how to work with energy how to actually take that into a practitioner setting to, to facilitate and to coach others so that's a project very near and dear to my heart. So that that is unforeseeable. Like, you know, I see that continuing on to the foreseeable future. Uh, and I think that next year will definitely be much more of a project around that idea of the tantrika and, you know, what is it is to to merge worlds and to collapse polarity and, you know, this idea of, of how can we be in all of it. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, I, I feel like I 
have talked to you for hours and will and want to and to continue. <laughs> so I hope that you're going to come back on the show. And I'm just really so honored that you came on. And and um, I feel like we just scratched the surface. And thank you to everybody who's been watching too. You guys have like just really incredible comments and shares on here. And um, anything you'd like to share? We have your we have Jessica's website coming across the bottom and all that good stuff. But anything else you'd like to share with everybody to connect with you before we close i think in terms of being able to stay up to date with what i'm doing wanting to feel me more as a human uh instagram is also great it's pretty much exactly the same um the jessica ann spelled the same way all one word and it's interesting i can feel something here and it's just like what is it Yeah, like I think, you know, if I was to drop a pearl of wisdom for everyone, and I think this is probably the one thing that I'm trying to remind everybody is, like I said about the five tantric pathways, and that's something that can go as 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 light or as deep as you desire to take, make a ritual for five minutes. If you don't already have one, like five minutes a day during these times, like, you know, make the ritual to come back to center. I think that's probably the biggest gift that you can give yourself with everything else going on in the world. And it can be something so, so simple. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on. I really, I'm really excited to just learn more about you and to stay connected and all those things. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody who's been watching. We're actually back tomorrow morning with Carolina of all things. So she's going to be back. <laughs> she's doing a very special um tantric workshop coming up that she's going to share with you guys and then we'll be back on friday with sacred council um, to talk about the december transmission and um, that's going to be really fun because it's all about the alien archetype and i i really can't wait to dive into that so thank you guys for watching thank you jessica and for being here and we'll see you guys soon bye everyone <laughs>